to be able to walk this path with these women every single day is just a treasure. You're listening to In the Pocket, a podcast brought to you by the National Filipino American Lawyers Association. A pair of pocket queens is one of the most powerful hands in the game of poker. There are only four queens in your standard deck, yet we were recently blessed with seven total queens who joined us for a pair of in-the-pocket recordings recently in Las Vegas during the 2022 Napaba convention. Luck was on my side because I got to interview five of them, the Panay Powerhouse founders. Mari Bandoma Calado, who recently joined the San Francisco City Attorney's Office as a deputy city attorney focusing on labor issues, deals the opening round by telling us how she met Christine Stark. So I actually met Start when we were 18 years old. We were freshmen at Cal, and I knew from the moment I met her that this is somebody who I will be lifelong friends with. She had such a magnetic fierceness to her that you just want to be around her and want to support whatever comes to her mind, like her vision. And so I, I am really honored to to have been friends with her for over two decades now. And Aww. I love her so much. Oh my gosh. And so when um, you know, we both wanted to be lawyers and you know, she went to law school first and she was, you know, very involved with with F-Bank early on. And so I, I went to law school about a year after her or two um, and immediately joined F-Bank. Once I joined F-Bank, that's when I met Vanessa. Vanessa was on the board of, of F-Bank and she you know, said, oh, you have to join the board. You have to meet all these people. Um, and you know, we served on the board together. And after that, I met Lorna, um, who was also serving on the board of F-Bank. And it, it really... FBank really was foundational to the friendship that we had because when I met Jennifer, she she was in law school still. And I think I sent you an interview question for it was a student feature. I was in charge of, of doing it and Jennifer didn't respond to my email. <laughs> so my first impression of Jennifer was like, who is this flake of a woman? I am a busy lawyer with, you know, lots to do. And she is not responding to my email. But, you know, she was busy being the first editor-in-chief of a law review at USF. So anyway, my point is, you know, when we met, everybody was this amazing leader in our community that inspired me to be, you know, involved with FBank to to do more for our community. Start, a former public defender, is currently Special Deputy Attorney General with California Department of Justice Office of the Attorney General and focuses on criminal justice reform and civil rights. She further recalls how FBank service cemented the bond between the founders. Jennifer was actually, I knew about her when I was on the board while she was a law student. I think I knew of her because she, Abigail knew of her. We all had heard about her coming to USF, and I was a USF grad, and I was serving on the board, and my first time on the board was like a couple years prior to Abigail becoming president. Um, but I that's how I met Vanessa, like Vanessa and Lorna. My first year on the board, 
it was like Vanessa's, it was Lorna's first year on the board and it was Vanessa's second year on the board. Um, and so, yeah, we all met through F, besides Mari and I's friendship, we all met through F Bank. And I just want to add that I think um, we really got close because of the time we spent together at like different conferences. And I think I got really close to Lorna when we were in Austin and I had a really difficult time. There was an emergency in my family and, and Lorna was just really there for me. So I think our friendships have, have grown serving on the board together, but also becoming close when we're there for each other during really difficult times. Definitely. And then, you know, just recently we all, we all have become mothers within the last two years, basically. Like Jennifer, I mean, Vanessa had her kid when she was in college, so she's a very experienced mother. But I think motherhood also really brought us even closer. And when I first started, um, what was it, the board that was like, I was, you know, single, didn't even have a boyfriend, or maybe I did, I don't remember, but that wasn't the important part. The important part <laughs> was that, you know, we were all kind of just very eager, and you could kind of tell that all of us were just naturally leaders in our own right, and so it just came that way when Panay Powerhouse started that, like, us five ended up playing really key roles um, in its development. Jennifer Santa Anna, a U.S. Department of Labor trial attorney focusing on labor and civil rights matters, describes the immensely personal and multifaceted impact that being founders has had on their friendships. These women I talk to literally every single day. Um, we started the Panay Powerhouse like group chat um, on our iPhones. I don't even remember when we were thinking of the idea or organizing it and it just hasn't stopped since then and that was what 2016 so uh, literally like every single day since since that year I feel like we have constantly just been there for each other there's just been no no moment where we're not there for each other whether it's us taking our kids to school seeing what they're they chose to wear that day to um, a kid being sick to us going to court one day or to us just talking about how hard a conversation was at a deposition against opposing counsel. We live our days together and it just as a, a, you're as just one individual, our lived experience is unique. Yes. But being a Panay lawyer is something that is truly special and to be able to walk this path with these women every single day is just a treasure. Candelaria PC founder and family law advocate Vanessa Candelaria echoes the personal significance of the bonds between the founders and how that bond has extended to other members of the larger Panay Powerhouse family. Because we are so inclusive, we are... Um, a sisterhood, a strong sisterhood, um, like Jennifer said, of shared experiences. I love doing what I do for my job, being a lawyer, being an advocate for my community, um, and knowing that I have um, sisters-in-law to, you know, 
talk to, when I have a good day, when we celebrate our highs, and when we pull each other up, when we're having lows. Um, that is Panay Powerhouse to me. Every, you know, Jennifer said we have a group thread. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of dirt on there. Uh, but also... There's a lot of stuff there that shouldn't <laughs> be... It's, it's on there. personal and professional. <laughs> yes. It's fun. But it's because we're friends, too, at the end of the day. They're my sisters, so they're mm-hmm. going to, they know everything. But really what it comes down to is we have connected in a way that is so strong and we're so, like, in line with each other. We don't, we all live in different parts of the Bay Area. And for some reason, we're still able to get together to have a laugh through a text, uh, you know. Sometimes if we're in different parts, we visit each other and obviously we all have children now and and so we share our families. I mean, these ladies are my families and it extends to on a national level too because um, we have a group of Panay powerhouses throughout the country and they are my family too, uh, including you, June. <laughs> I think it's love. You know, the, the love that we have we feel for one another we knew that it was something special and we wanted to share what that kind of friendship and support means to other communities of Panay lawyers throughout the country um and when we get together for these yearly conferences you really do feel the love in these Mm -hmm. rooms and Mm -hmm. you know over time, you know, meeting Jonah, like who I really love, Jerry, like it's true love, you know, and I think you really do. You need that, especially in a profession that is so hard sometimes mm-hmm. um, in a profession that's still still honestly quite um, quite challenging still for, for women, women of color. Um, so I'm, I'm just really thankful that what we what we've felt together is now being felt and throughout the, the, the country, really. Mm-hmm. What has been the most fun about starting the Panay Powerhouse movement? Oh, there's so much fun. Um, I, I feel like watching how big and massive and expansive it has grown. Like that is a continuous part of the funness. Uh, we went from, you know, a, a West Coast Panay powerhouse where we had a lot of East Coasters come and attend. But, you know, I originally we were like, well, let's try to target at least the West Coast, get all the affiliates involved, see how big we can get it to grow, to truly becoming a national movement. Um, and it's it's not just... A conference. It's literally monthly programming with circles. It's the first ever book published, mm-hmm. you know, by a, a, a publishing company, Sawaga River Press and Panay Powerhouse in collaboration, putting together stories about Panay's in law. You know, um, it's also uh, new friendships uh, and like just a blooming of like sister circles and sisterhoods across the nation. And the fact that the conference travels from location to location, it creates a deeper and more meaningful connections for those women who are putting together 
the conference in their towns. So like to watch it grow to me is is the most uh, fun part of it to see where it takes you. And now most recently we've become a C3. So now we're officially a nonprofit. We can start providing scholarships and and getting more and more uh, hopefully um, young Panais or Panais that are enthusiastic about becoming lawyers or who are interested to attend these things and recognize that once you're here, you know, you belong and we want to support you to where you can grow and to becoming more of who you are, you know, in a way that truly serves mm-hmm. um, as leaders. So that's been the most fun. Well, what's been the most challenging part of it? I think in the initial stages, I think what was challenging was maybe doubt uh, within ourselves that can we really do something this massive? Because the idea of a Pinai Powerhouse Conference is almost revolutionary, right? It's like it's never been done. How do we get, you know, the West Coast affiliates together? And and I think Start really did a great job in, in pushing this along with with our monthly meetings, um, but we were still really nervous about it in the beginning, and also <laughs> sort of doubt from from folks that we thought would be way more supportive. I mean, I'm I'm going to be real. It wasn't. I think people doubted that we can pull it together, um, but now that it's been growing and more established, I think what's challenging now is is sustainability. Um, you know, we've been doing this a long time, and and we have kids and and practices and that we're also busy and so we are as much as we do we have built a strong pipeline we can't keep doing the exact same thing you know every year we we have to pass it along so I think um building that next generation of of leaders to take over and and make it bigger is is the next part of the challenge that that we, we are working on. Lorna Garcia de Guzman handles estate planning and business succession planning, along with her Garcia and Sonny co-founder, and is president-elect of Enfala. She details how she balances work, family, and Panay powerhouse duties, along with her responsibilities as a Philam bar leader. For me, it's it's I work in the day, and I, when the kids come home from school, I do the mom thing, and when they go to sleep, I, I uh, do Panay powerhouse stuff, and so. Um, and, and that, it, it's different for each of us, I think. We all have different support systems. We all have different methods and how we get our work done and whatnot. Um, but I know for me, as important as it is to be there for our kids, and obviously we love all of our children, we love each other's children as well. Um, for me, what kept me going was what was the purpose of continuing this Panay Powerhouse movement, right? And, and for me, the reason was not only am I there for my children, right? I, I'm there. My children are, our children are blessed. They have us, right? They have that driving force behind them. But for me, my drive is for everyone else out there, like my, my kids' friends, right? So I still take a bunch of interns from my oldest son's high school because a lot of these kids are less fortunate and they're not going to be given that opportunity, right? And so that's, that's my driving force. And, and every, I think all of us are different, but for the most part, it strives from how do we help each other rise? Um, just like, in, I'm sorry, in our first theme, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Paula's last um, theme for the gala was we're going to lift each other up as we rise. And if, if we continue to focus 
on that common goal, then that's going to allow us to plow through the day because it, it's tiring, yeah. right? I was a young mom. So I was uh, already a mother when I became a lawyer. Um, and then I had a another child when I was a lawyer. It's, it was an interesting experience. Um, I don't know how I did it. A lot of people ask me that question. I've asked you. You've asked <laughs> me. Because I've asked you. You've asked me. Yes. Do you know when you're you're in the thick of it and you just do it, you don't think about it? Because when Survival I think instinct. about it, then I'm like, I don't know how I did that. My goodness. But I think uh, I've got... I'm pretty focused on on the things that I love in life. I love these women. I love my kids and my family. I um, it was really important to me to to make sure that um, you know I had a loving life. So one of the ways I remember um, that I juggled, uh, you know, being a lawyer and being involved on the F Bank board and then Panay Powerhouses. I brought my children to a lot of the events. I didn't, I don't think I had childcare, or maybe I did. I wanted to immerse my kids into my life and my professional life because uh, growing up, I didn't have, I didn't know any attorneys. And I was actually, even in law school, afraid to talk to an attorney because, you know, it's, it's just this daunting thing. Um, but I wanted to uh, immerse my life, and, and so my kids are kind of friends with all of my friends now. Um, and We're partying with Jonah tonight. Yes, we are. <laughs> 21. <laughs> 21. Oh, yeah, yes. Right. So I don't know. I, I can't answer the question. I feel bad about that, but you just do it because you love. And also, like, it was important to me to show my kids, you know, to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And so, um, you know, I wanted to show them that they could be whatever they want to be. I wanted them, most at the end of the day, what do our Filipino parents tell us? We want you to be happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to show them a life where you can do what you love, have great friends, and be happy. Speaking of bringing kids to your work at various tonight powerhouse conferences some of you have been pregnant yes. <laughs> so you brought your kids regardless of whether they knew it or not <laughs> to work right um and i don't know if was the san francisco one where someone we had, was pregnant we had abigail and katrina yeah, and jerry okay. All right. We had three okay. pregnant Panais. And then I was pregnant one. at the LA one. Yeah. And yes. then we brought our babies. Like, to yours Hawaii. was infant. Yeah, my Mine baby was like was seven six months old or something <laughs> in, in Hawaii. Yeah. Kids have always been part of Panai Powerhouse, frankly, um, since San Francisco, which was the very first one. So walk me through how everything came to be. How did you decide where to host? to invite us speakers. Oh, and food, by the way, because I just remember a massively huge, delicious spread of food in the lobby of Perkins Cooey. <laughs> yeah. Well, Perkins Cooey, uh, Julia Markley, still a partner at Perkins Cooey uh, in Portland, you know, when this idea spurred, like, from within me, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're having a Panay Powerhouse conference, um, uh, it, it was like, well, who are we going to speak? Who's going to attend? How are we going to do it? And the one thing was, was like, well, 
I knew I wanted to bring that to us and have it be a form of a sense of empowerment, uh, a place for us to just be who we are. So I liked I liked what it was, but I didn't felt like I didn't feel like it belong I belonged and I wanted to bring that to others. You know, we're so isolated as lawyers. Like we're mm-hmm. like usually the only Panay lawyer at our <laughs> firm or organization one of one or two panais and then on top of that we give so much you all know you're a panai if you're if you're a panai you're a giver you give so much you love so hard and you're like selfless you're selfish selfless and like i wanted this to be a place of like refuge where like you could really not feel alone and you could really feel you know good about being who you are and and safe and a place where you could dream together and make things happen. And um, so with that kind of being what we were rooted in, uh, getting ideas from like, like Jennifer, Jennifer's our, our, our social justice warrior. You know, she's, she, when she was a law student, she told us she was gonna be a non, she was gonna be the, uh, she was gonna run a nonprofit. That was her goal. Like after I, I, I left my PhD program because I want to be a lawyer. I want to use my voice in that way, but I want to run a nonprofit. And like she was like, we need to have a social justice component. We're gonna have. I was like, well, then that's your job. <laughs> you do that. And I was like, you're in charge of that panel, the social justice panel. And she was like, it's gonna be on labor trafficking we're going to expose like that it's not just you know because like normally when you think of us being human traffic you think of like the sex work which is like a huge deal we have a lot of mail order brides like that's one of the biggest industries but in fact it's there's actually a larger amount of victimization when it comes to the labor trafficking you know and so Jennifer really brought that, and she had all these partnerships from when she was a um, PhD student. So she took that over. Lorna's, you know, Lorna. It was really easy because she's just like, whatever you want me to do, Christine, I'll do. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, Lorna, then you do the Friday night dinner because uh, I don't know what to do on that one. And so she just was like, all right, I didn't have to do anything, like. I just trusted Lorna, and Lorna knew what to do. She picked the place. She took care of the food. She took care of our bark. She's so good at that stuff. Like, she, you just tell her one thing, and then she just takes over. I mean, Super. look at the conference we're at right now. She she was a huge part of mid-year, huge part of this conference. Um, that, yeah, so, like, anyway. And then Mari is just a guru when it comes to marketing, when it comes to website design, she's our creatrix. So it was really easy to be like, Mari, you know, turn the words Panay Powerhouse into a brand. And she did that, you know? And so she was just like our force behind all of that. And of course, Vanessa, she's a connector and she's, she's a socialite. And she, she didn't answer this earlier. The way she does it, how she balances like her life, in, and we're all in awe of it because she's like a single mother who's done so much and gives so much to everyone. She is just, I knew that she could just handle whatever. And she was, I was like, well, you just do the fun part, Vanessa. So she did Sunday and she coordinated the fun part of Panay Powerhouse. So she's like, we're going to Napa. We're going to drink all the wine in the world. Because, like, you know, and so she coordinated all of that. And then 
I was very big on who was going to be the keynote speaker. And I really, really wanted it to be a panai that was like up there. And Nani Coloretti, who also is still the highest ranked panai um, in the presidential administration now, first with Obama, but now she's working with Biden. But anyway, like... We needed a powerhouse, and she gave an inspirational keynote during lunch. So the format just kind of came together based on what our, like, interests were. And um, the circles was really just something. I had seen different versions of, of breakout sessions in other conferences, but I had never seen anything that, like, you know, I, I mean, there, anything as unique as what we usually do for our for our circles. The circles are no. I to just to to simplify them as breakouts. I think is 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 inaccurate because there's yep. so much more than mm-hmm. that. That so after uh, San Francisco, you then handed off the baton to our sisters at the Philippine American Bar Association, which is the Los Angeles affiliate. What was it like to trust another group of women with this very important endeavor? Um, I don't think it was hard to trust these women because when they showed up to the first Panay powerhouse, I think they were very inspired. Um, They flew down, actually. Wasn't the president of PABA at the time, Phil Nalud, and he flew down with some other folks to kind of talk to us about what the vision is, um, how we can have a smooth transition. Um, You know, I I think all of us are really good at at what we do, and there's a little bit of a control uh, that we'd like to maintain. And and I guess for me, I wanted to make sure that Start's vision, our vision, uh, was going to be honored at another conference. and I think that uh, the ladies in at PABA, I think they did a fabulous they job. Did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it wasn't that hard to trust them and pass the baton. And, and it's been great with every single conference thereafter. Yeah. yeah. Charisse, Charisse went to the first one, and she straight up was like, I want to bring this to L.A. Like, she knew she wanted to do it in L.A. because... I had pitched it at the end of the first conference, like, where are we going to next? Because I don't want to plan the next one. (laughs) And Sharice was very much like, I want to bring this to L.A. And, yeah, her and Zathrina. Zathrina. The chairs. Mm -hmm. So the trust paid off. I was there in L.A., and it was um, amazing as well. And the event continued to grow. Do you remember how many attendees we had there? And how how were things different than the previous year? I think for that conference, there were about 150 Panais who Mm -hmm. flew all over um, to meet us up in L.A. And in terms of how it was different, I love the fact that you see the different personalities of all of these affinity bar associations and what they can also bring to the table to make Panay Powerhouse their own and share what they can contribute to Panay's all over the country. And um, with with the one in LA in particular, I remember, I think it was the welcome reception. We were in downtown LA. We're in this rooftop bar just mm-hmm. overlooking the city. And 
and when you got in there, it's like, this is LA. Mm-hmm. This is LA, and I feel like I'm really getting to know how they run their events, um, how they spread their love, and how their energy is like. Um, and I think that type of understanding and getting to know um, folks in their own localities has, you know, been been something that continues year by year, right? So, for example, we were just in Seattle for the last Panay Powerhouse Con- Conference, and to see where you all do your annual galas and get us together there, we got a sense of, you know, how how your community comes together uh, and builds each other up. So I think that's what's that was how it was different, but also in a different in a good way, mm-hmm. different in a fun, exciting way. Right. 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 And I think the part of the fun is the fact that you didn't have to organize it. that too. Right. <laughs> you, you actually got to just attend and observe and kind of take in the experience. So Lorna, what was it like attending the LA conference as an attendee? Um, it, it, it was very fun. We didn't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, and LA did, a, or Papa did an amazing job, right? They yeah. did an amazing job. But my favorite was the Hollow Hollow Bar. I'll never mm. forget oh, the Hollow yeah. Hollow Bar. <laughs> oh my God. That was and awesome. so um, yeah. it, it was really amazing to see um, what we had created in San Francisco just manifest into this even larger conference in, in Los Angeles. And so I think we were very proud to be there. Um, and, and relieved that we, you know, we didn't have to do too much, but we were always willing to help the ladies of LA because we were so happy that they were willing to um, you know, continue the tradition. And can I add something to that? So, I mean, we are F-Bank ladies um, in, in our roots, and I, one of the kind of primary things we take, take to heart is building pipeline, right? And it's about not just, not just, building pipeline through oh let's get a coffee or let's get lunch it's about let's build relationships right and let let's really try to foster leadership in your own way right and i think when we saw paba do panai powerhouse it was that sense of pride that we're building pipeline here, right? And the fact mm-hmm. that it continues, we see that we're continually building pipeline. Right, right. And a part of building the pipeline is actually also extending outward um, to new other affiliates. Um, and that actually happened when you brought Panay Powerhouse to Hawaii uh, and introduced even more women to the movement. So tell us about your experiences there, including all of the matching Hawaii, like outfits from Hawaii that I saw all these beautiful pictures of. Hawaii, I mean, when I think of Pinai Powers in Hawaii, I was a new mom. I think my son was maybe seven months old. I was still breastfeeding. Start was a new mom too. I mean, I think Luca was like six weeks yep. or eight weeks. Wow. We, were even, weeks. we were even trying six, to like weeks. coordinate the date of the conference so that to make sure that he had his vaccines. Yep. <laughs> wanted to make sure he got And because vaccine. of the time difference, I had Mael out to like midnight or something. <laughs> but... Hawaii was really special. It, we didn't get as many people out there, but there were a lot of um, new attendees. And again, seeing how um, the Hawaii um, chairs put something together. I mean, we got to meet um, some Supreme Court justices, 
the welcome party was amazing. Just just really feeling the love from our affiliate sisters. Uh, it was really special. And I think I was in Hawaii for like three weeks. Everybody was like, did you move to Hawaii? <laughs> you've been here Because I was on maternity leave. Like I, I used that time to just go on leave and, and, and really explore and, and be with my sisters. So it's really special to me because it was my first time sort of being a, experiencing what it's like to be a mom and a lawyer with all my sisters who were supporting me. Everybody wanted to like babysit Mel or just, do you want some free time? You guys want to go out? Like people were making those offers and wanting to carry Mel during the conference because I think we brought both of them to the actual conference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I had to carry Luca with, with um, Jennifer and you were doing, you were speaking at the conference and we were carrying him and trying to quiet him down in the back and, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, be a part of the conference. Um, one thing about Hawaii is that where they are geographically, um, I think that it's harder for them to come to conferences on the mainland, mm. especially on the East Coast. I think that, um, you know, sometimes the, the firms out there might not have the budgets to send their um, Hawaiian attorneys out our way. So uh, when we actually had our Panay Powerhouse there in uh, Hawaii, uh, in paradise, uh, we definitely felt the aloha. And uh, one thing that you said, Mari, was that it was more intimate. And I actually really liked the um, smaller group for that particular year because we a lot of uh, people who went the first and second year were there and then a bunch of new folks and it just the space the smaller group just allowed for more uh, meaningful connections so mm -hmm. that's what I took away from Hawaii. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about sustaining those connections because uh, that brings us to Root to Rise, which is the all-virtual initiative held in 2021 because we uh, ended up skipping 2020. Tell me about your strategy, your strategy in hosting and organizing Root to Rise. Well, we knew that Seattle was flow was going to do it. We just needed to give let the pandemic pass, right? Mm -hmm. But the virtual was such a it was a very challenging experience because of what we were already going through and we really wanted to capture the moment and root to rise really embodied like just the words root to rise when you imagine it and envision it it really embodied like what we needed to do during this extraordinary time right root down in our identities as panais as moms as lawyers and then also overcome and rise and lead by example during this extraordinary, like challenging time of civil um, uprisings, of a global pandemic, of there was a lot of fires going on during mm -hmm. that time. It was really, really challenging. And so we also wanted to make it different and unique because it was virtual. And so we wanted the same impact, but we, we wanted, um, to, we knew it was an opportunity to pull more people in to Panay Powerhouse and give them an experience. So instead of doing the typical format where we usually have some panels, some speakers, and our circles, we were like, let's bring in some workshop folks. 
let's bring in people that are not lawyers. Let's let's have some fun and do a cooking class that mm-hmm. Lorna um, Lorna helped put together. And let's um, let's do some decolonization practice. Let's understand a little bit more about our roots and our history and who we are. And like, you know, let's. What was the one that we had where we had Ruby Ibarra um, and Janet Stickman and Dr. Allison? Uh, that was just, we really wanted to bring folks from outside of the legal commun- community that also were very empowering and brilliant Panais and expose that world, you know, to our Panai lawyers as well. And so that was, and then we, we featured Panais that are more than lawyers outside of their job. They're, they were ballet dancers <laughs> that are instructors. We had yoga teachers, meditation, um, and they featured, you know, a few minutes of like rest. Uh, and exam- self-care was huge when it came to Root to Rise. And I think that's part of the big theme of, you know, whether it's the great resignation or the great revolution or whatever we're going through like I think that virtual conference really embodied like what we were all going through as a collective um and really gave folks the opportunity to um get a taste of Panay Powerhouse and find a space for them through its very diverse programming. Mm -hmm. What are the most important things to retain from the previous years uh, for Root to Rise and what did you have to change? One of the most important things that I've advocated for is to continue this perspective of social justice, at least in, in one panel. And the reason why is because we are privileged enough to practice law. We have a certain skill set and power to help other people. So Panay Powerhouse is, yes, helping each other as professionals and as mothers and balancing all of it, but it's also what I hope is a way for us to reflect on how we can help our community, right? Because there's not many of us out there. And what we can do to help others that impact is so great. And I, I, have, I hope that you know, we have maintained that in Panay Powerhouse. So I, I had a health situation when we were planning Route to Rise. And so when I, when I came to the conference, this was the first conference where I, I did not know anything about the planning. So I really truly felt like I was coming in as an attendee. Although I did say a, a speech, I think. Is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I... When I saw all of the panelists and the speakers the whole thing was social justice and I my heart just was the biggest it the biggest and I think and start thank and Mari and Lorna and Vanessa thank you for like and everyone who was part of that planning committee to to have that so integral to that year is the reason why I'm so thankful is because we were we're in the middle of a social reckoning, right? We're in the middle of social unrest, and it was such a difficult time, right? Mm-hmm. Not just with the pandemic, but what was going on in the streets, what was going the on. The shooting yes, happened. Just happened, just happened right? Yeah. And so to really c- 
commit that that conference to reflect on not just ourselves but what we can do to help in that situation in that moment was so meaningful and so I'm just really proud that that has um, sustained through the years um, whether it's a panel or whether it's an actual theme for the for the whole conference in in terms of things we had to change I mean the biggest change obviously was it was virtual and not in person and I think I felt a lot of pressure I was like the designated because I had planned, I think, one of the first virtual galas, I think, if not just in California, maybe in the nation, um, I felt a lot of pressure to to kind of do the same thing for the conference. And I was just like, don't worry, I got it. I'll figure it out. And and it worked. And you did. You it sure worked. Did. I, was, sure did. <laughs> I was really worried that the, the heart of Unite Powerhouse wasn't going to come through the screen. But I think I delivered the keynote. And I really felt it. I felt the same love and connection as we would in person. And I was happily surprised by that just because of the way we were very thoughtful in what was going to be um, a webinar, what was going to be the breakout feature on Zoom. Um, We didn't hire like a a third-party vendor. We did that all in-house with the support of, of law students who we did trainings for we did practice runs we had like text tech like designing the website so that the user experience of navigating the conference like that was all new to us um so that was a big change and then the other big change i think was we went away from the format of having an affiliate just run with it this i think was the first conference that was multi-affiliate run every head of the committee is from a different affiliate and it really brought the collective as a a true collective because there's somebody from each organization that was leading something we really pulled together and i think it really embodied what panay powerhouse is all about it's like a true true collaboration Tell me about some of the significant moments during the conference. I know, Star, we did talk about some of the really innovative uh, speakers already that you had. But having those speakers and the different format evolved into some really, like, compelling moments. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those? I mean, there was a lot of compelling moments. I, I mean, I'm still going back to Mari's. Uh, I think it was either one of their welcoming or closing remarks, but, you know, I was in tears every day of of the conference because everything felt so meaningful and impactful. Um, I I was going to go back to the to the the judges section that we did where we featured judges, um, Panay judges in California and in Washington, D.C., and the way that. Um, they, they each kind of just, we had some funny moments. So we had like these rounds where we got to know the judges on a more personal level and we call them like flash rounds. And that was our law student. That was exactly. That was her idea. The law students, like one of the most impactful things was giving our law students the space and platform to flourish and to showcase their talents because we had so much to learn from them especially when it came to virtual world right because there there are social media gurus and all of that and so giving them a space to put together their own panel and then lead and like not just like participate as a volunteer but lead sessions 
that was really p impactful because like Mari said, one of the law students came up with the flash round for all the judges. And so we got to know like their favorite place to travel or like their favorite um, merienda, you know, and just little things like that that you wouldn't just normally not get to know about a judge or, you know, just anyone. And then we took their idea and implanted it into the power chat. We had never done a keynote power chat. We had Irene Bueno and that was really powerful because she is like super big when it comes to politics and, and what's going on in the rise of, of API um, elections, like where we have major candidates and she was super impactful. So there was, there's so much to select. I feel like every part, there was something for everybody um, in that mm -hmm. conference for sure. Vanessa and Lorna, um, tell me about some of your hopes as we move into the future for Panay Powerhouse. I hope that we can grow uh, and sustain the Panay Powerhouse movement for sure. Um, I think we, as we mentioned, we do a really good job about the, our pipeline. Um, my hope is that out of the Panay Powerhouse, we have the first president of the United States. We have some more firsts. And, um, and, and my hope is that they um, see Panay Powerhouse as a resource. And, um, and yeah, I, I just think it's an amazing um, conference, group, organization, whatever you want to call it. It's so individual to everyone. I, I think everyone takes something different from it. And I just hope that we, we build more first um, and continue the pipeline. The person that comes to mind is Ruthie Ashley. I think she is an inspiration to all of us. Um, at some point in my career, I hope to be uh, someone like Ruthie Ashley and just kind of look back and see all of their she calls them she calls us her children uh, and look back and see all of our children doing amazing things so that that's my hope yeah. that's that's it I love that <laughs> there's not much I can add to the hopes but I think for me I would my hopes are more on an operational level I feel like um, we definitely have touched the hearts of all of our law students and all of our attorneys or Pinai attorneys that have attended all of our conferences so far. Um, but my hope is to expand that even further. We do have attorneys that, that aren't mothers, right? Or, or that are not on the same track as us and maybe have different um, goals career-wise. I mean, within the legal field, but maybe not within a firm, but in-house or in the government. And so I'm hoping, um, you know, with the... Uh, with the approval of my sisters here, I'm hoping that in the future that we have different tracks, right, right. for different attorneys that want to attend because um, I, I love it the way it is, but not, not everyone's like me, right, or not everyone's like Start or V Candy or Jen or Mari. I mean, they're amazing women, but there's also different types of Panay attorneys there that we, we also want to help uplift. If someone's interested in either attending or wants to become more involved in Panay Powerhouse, what would you say to them? <laughs> Boom, you're involved now. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. So you're going to plan this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I think um, I'll start with this one. I think that obviously um, to become more involved, you, 
attend the Panay Powerhouse, right? But if you're on the fence, and believe it or not, I'm actually the cynical one out of us five, right? And so um, when, when Christine came up with the idea of Panay Powerhouse, I was kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm obviously... I'm definitely more reserved than the five, right? I love them all, but I'm definitely the more cynical and reserved. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll see. There's so many um, women conferences out there. Let me, uh, whatever you want, Christine, right? Because she's my sister. I love her very much. Whatever she needed, I'm there to support. <coughs> and so she said, okay, you do this, this, and this. And I went ahead and did it, right? We did the, the dinner, and it turned out amazing. Very um, and then I went through this conference with no, um, not really knowing what to expect, no expectations, but I sat through that conference. Um, I teared a little bit, not one to cry, but I did tear up, right? And, and I left that conference thinking, dang, Christine was right. That was something I really needed. I didn't know. I, and as cliche as it sounds, it's not something that I knew that I needed, but I needed it. Right, and so I, I, I'm telling you, I'm a mother of three in all different ages. I, at the time, was already practicing more than ten years, and I didn't think I needed it. Right, I was like, oh, I've been through this. I have, I have my people that I know, but sitting through that conference, I'm like, dang, this is amazing. Right, and and I would tell anyone that was thinking about, that was on the fence to go, to absolutely attend because you're gonna be a much better person after that. I think one of our law students said almost the exact same thing, Lorna, and you know, hearing it from you as somebody who I look up to as a seasoned lawyer, as a, one of the mothers I look up to, have the same sentiment come from a law student. I think we had given her a call. I forget who it was. I, I really need to figure it out because I always use her quote. It was a conference I never thought I needed. That was exactly what she said in her summary because we had we gave them the scholarship to attend and they had to write a summary so we can post it because i was in charge of marketing so of course i was going to do that <laughs> and that's exactly what she said so different ends of the spectrum of, of where you are in your practice and you come out feeling that way i, I think that's amazing mm-hmm. so what do you think the phil am legal community can do to make sure that panay powerhouse continues its legacy and how would you like us to por- support you as a Panay powerhouse and individual, Christine, Mari, Vanessa, Jen, and Lorna individually. I'll be the practical one, but in, in the way that we can support the Panay powerhouse, not me, but the Panay powerhouses, you know, it does cost money to run these programs, to market, to, to get the word out there. I'm kind of one of those people who likes to put my money where my values are and so I love to you know sponsor and support I would love for the the Philam community to consider putting uh, you know their their money towards a great organization like this to uplift our community the same way I would say to um, support a candidate that you feel strongly that that shares the same value as you that you want to be elected. I uh, I would love the Filipino community's support in that way. Um, But that's one thing that comes to mind because it is hard to fundraise. um, And we want to be able to give opportunities to all Panais to come and experience Panai Powerhouse 
I'm so happy that we now have a C3 and we can offer more scholarships and, and do more fundraising. Um, but yeah, I'll be the, the one that says money. <laughs> That's fair. Spoken like a fair. true director of yes. finance yeah. and fundraising. <laughs> Give us your money. Yeah. Right. Is there anything else you'd like to close with? The Filipino American Lawyers of New York. Uh, we'll be hosting the sixth annual Panay Powerhouse Conference. We usually try to do it during Women's History Month, and so they want to keep aligned with that. Uh, if you want to learn more, follow us on IG at Panay Powerhouse. We have a website that Mari put together, panaypowerhouse.com. It's the first time we're bringing it to the East Coast, so we're f- really stoked about that come that's one way support us and then i also just wanted to give a plug to um purchasing one two three four five six seven copies and or gifting copies of rooted in practice it is a powerful collection of panai lawyer stories not just as a lawyer but as a mother as a community member as a poet you know we're all artists in different ways and that book is incredible like i'm literally crying when i'm reading we're all amazing writers first of all like i didn't realize that but duh i mean we're all lawyers (laughs) so we're amazing writers but we can really like you know whether you're a litigator or just you know not a litigator like we can really pull on people's strings and Mm -hmm. and show truth in our wholeness and that book really really shows the brilliance of of the Panay powerhouse so purchase that book support that book we'll put more info on our website when we get the time (laughs) well i i just want to say thank you to to june for putting this together and how honored i feel to be in this room of women i look up to i mean we're recording this with all of you heidi and and jonah and jerry and elaine some of my favorite (laughs) people that i wouldn't have been able to meet other than because of either infala or or pinai powerhouse so i'm just grateful for this community that we built together and and how we are coming together um you know annually if not more it's it just makes my heart so so big and full yeah can i add one more thing i remember something very special about the very first panay powerhouse during nani coloretti's keynote lunch keynote jonah had a question and she um in her question she talked about june and how she wanted to carry june in her pocket Mm -hmm. you know and this this podcast title is Panay Pocket, right? Panay po- it's in the pocket. Yeah, in, in the pocket. Yeah. Sorry. In the pocket. And <laughs> like I think about Panay Powerhouse and what it really is, is is like we are all mirrors of each other, truly, mm-hmm. genuinely. And like there's something so special about every single woman in this room, every single Panay lawyer in this room. And you can't get that anywhere else. And so when you go to a conference, like you get to take away all these connections with you and 
keep it in your pocket, keep it in your purse, wherever you <laughs> wherever yes. you want. Is... Polly pocket. Um, <laughs> Penai pocket. That's why I'm saying Penai pocket. Because yeah. yeah, I put the little Penai's. Anyway, it's I just a, had to say it's, it's a funny. Venn diagram. This yeah. room is pen, is um, Penai pockets because we have yeah. in the pocket. And Penai Powerhouse, or Penai Powerhouse, and then in the pocket. Yeah. So this is like a, it's a super group, essentially, <laughs> Penai Pockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right, my loves. Well, thank you so much. I just want to say that I have been enriched because of the work, emphasis on work, that the five of you have put together for Penai Powerhouse. I will be there in March, and I invite our listeners um, to also attend. Thank you all for for joining me. To find out more about the Panay Powerhouse movement, including information about the Rooted in Practice Anthology, visit PanayPowerhouse.com. Don't forget the sixth annual conference in New York, my home base, happening from March 24th through the 26th. Our next episode features Jerry Gonzalez-Abrams and Elaine Pasqua, who organized the Seattle conference earlier this year. We hope you'll join us for that one. I'm June Castlemere, and you've been listening to In the Pocket.